Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today, the wonderful Rafe Spall. What a phenomenal, special talent he is. Uh, As I bring up in the pod. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of this guy. Uh, He was in a sitcom called Pete vs. Life that I thought was wonderful and it's about a guy who lived his life but in his head were sports commentators and as it really struck a chord with me um as somebody who enjoys sport a great deal and probably lives his life vicariously through sports a bit too often there's a great ed smith book called what sport teaches us about life that i really related to and really resonated and this sitcom anyway I loved it. And I bumped into Rafe at a couple of events and would bug him. I didn't know the guy, <laughs> but would bug him. When's Pete versus Life coming back? Um, so, yeah, bless him for <laughs> bless him for always being nice. Uh, and in this in this podcast, he, he's just, uh, God, he's so funny. There's one bit where I, the wall of my office slash <laughs> turned into podcast recording studio. There's a reason why a wall is spattered with tea. I won't spoil it, but there's, he, there's a turn of phrase he uses that is very funny indeed. One I've not heard before. So uh, if, you, if you're in need of a pick-me-up, race ball as you man. Now, the show he's talking about uh, is a, a new show on Apple TV called Trying. Um, and the, the thing we obviously, lockdown is, I know I always have to say this, but... It, but I feel uh, it's important. I say, obviously, the reason we're in lockdown is terrible. If you're like uh, us here at the Gill House, we are watching we are watching more box sets on an evening than ever before. Uh, as a comedian, I was out probably six nights of the week, so I'm certainly watching more box sets than ever before. So, trying in that regard, obviously, under unfortunate circumstances, comes at a good time for anyone craving quality tv and trying is a, a quality show it's uh, a a comedy but with as with a lot of modern comedies it has a big heart because it's about a couple as the title suggests trying for children uh, rafe as you would expect is absolutely wonderful there are a few actors better at being able to uh, have that f- have a foot in both camps of of comedy and uh, pathos. Someone like David Jason was always wonderful at that with Only Fools. And, and Rafe is wonderful at that. He can make you laugh one minute and then he can break your heart the next. Um, fantastic. As you can probably tell, I'm quite a fan of this guy. 
so what a thrill it was to have him on the podcast. Trying is out now on Apple TV. Uh, so here he is, the wonderful and the, the, the wonderfully funny Rafe Spall. So, so Rafe, just to start with, uh, you, you, there's no reason why you would remember this, but I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And a bit like Droopy in the old cartoon, there was a phase where I was bumping into you at events and pestering you about Pete versus life. Uh, it happened. Yes, yes the... I do remember. I do remember. I, I bet you must have thought, will this guy just fucking leave me alone? No, um, no, listen, I, 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 I'm, as, I'm as fond of that show as you are. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a forgotten classic. Mate, that show. Oh, when, so it was the it was the life of Pi. I think it was the, the premiere in London. It was the yeah, the, right. after, the after event, and I, yeah. I went up to you and I said, uh, "What's going on with Pete versus Life?" I said, "I love that show so much." I think you just said something like, "Pete's dead, baby," and I think you could have you could have seen my heart actually break in front of you. Yeah, I did. That's why I've never forgotten it. <laughs> such, a, such a sad moment <laughs> to give you that news. You're wearing an England Test to cricket top, yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I've just been taking the one-year... So we're homeschooling the four-year-old. Yeah. And it's tough because the one-year-old needs entertaining. But it's harsh on the four-year-old to be doing her schoolwork while the one-year-old is doing forward roles in the back garden. So I've got to take the one-year-old for a walk while the four-year-old can just get on with the work from home. With, with yeah, I have a, um, uh, an eight, a seven and a four-year-old. So uh, I have similar problems. How are you? How are you spinning those plates? Well, the my eight-year-old needs more attention because she's got dyslexia, and and so my wife is taking care of her, and she has more work. So then I'm trying to do. So I'm doing the four-year-old and the seven-year-old, um, which is tricky. It's tricky. Sure. You just got to. You just got to keep patient, uh, and like bite your tongue. Because they can be absolute bastards um, and make it really difficult for you. Uh, but you just got to try and stay cool. But it's difficult. It's really difficult. But, you know, there's worse things happening in the world, isn't there? And I'm actually, in a weird way, quite enjoying it. I don't know about you. Mate, I'm so glad you said that. I said to my wife, and I'm happy to keep this in. I said to my wife, I, I think this might be the happiest. I mean, this, this is such a, I'm well aware of what a tragedy this is. But from a pure, just because I said to my wife, no one in human history surely has spent this much time as a family like this, no. uh, where it's 24 yeah. seven. Now my wife and kids, they may, they may not agree cause they're having to be with me all day, but I, I love it. I love the time with the, with the kids. Yeah. yeah it's special. And I guess the whole world has got, never has there been a time in human history where the whole world's been put on pause. And I want, and I wonder, I wonder what ramifications that will have to society in general. Who knows? Maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe we just all carry on and go back to the way we were before. Who knows? There's never been this li- this time pause level of introspection. It's it's um to to coin a phrase unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of my a lot of my friends on the comedy circuit, uh, they're saying some of them are seeing this as a good thing because if they've been doing the same set for years, it gives them a chance to try address that problem. Now, from an, from an actor point of view, what are you doing to scratch that creative itch? Well, no, there, there isn't anything you can do, really. I mean, I, that itch has been pretty well scratched. Um, 
at the beginning of the year because I did a one-person show at the National Theatre, which was acting with a capital A, and and that that, sure. was, like, that was a, that was like enough acting for probably five years worth. Um, so my acting's pretty well scratched. Um, uh, I'm quite pleased to not be doing any acting at the moment. Uh, but I'm quite. I, I'm, do you know what? I'm looking forward to the next time I do it, and not not to be trite, but it does make you realise what you miss. I mean, oh man, I yeah. I even miss sitting in traffic jams. I mean, who'd have thought? Do you know what I mean? And getting on the tube and the, mun- the, the mundane things like that. Um, and I, yeah, I've, you know, I've been booking restaurants at the end of summer. I have. <coughs> do, you think, do you think we'll be back in restaurants by the end of summer? I hope so. Living hope, hey. Who knows, man? The thing is, no one knows a thing. Even the grown-ups, they don't know. Even the chief scientific officer, he's got no clue because he's trying to work it out as he goes. Only six weeks ago, he was telling us all to go to um, Cheltenham. And now he's saying, well, we, we're going to be social distanced for the next 25 years. I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to work out what's going on here. Come on, mate, pick a size. <laughs> no one knows. And if you're like me, I'm obsessed by the news, always have been. You know, I've always been a sort of news junkie. And this, yeah. is, not, this is not good for me because, I, because I'm just like, every development I'm reading about and it's uh, it's not helpful yeah and that, and that has been a real there's been a real sense that those grown ups you know in inverted commas there's been a couple of briefings recently where, where for the first time I thought oh this this feels like it might be getting away from you a little bit well I agree um, I agree no, no, no one no one really knows what the living fuck is going on. Um, and obviously people are approaching it in different ways um, from around the world. Uh, but we're not going to, you know, it's going to take a, it will take a good few years to know, to know how much of a cock up this has been. I agree completely. Cause there's a definite smell of cock up in the air. <laughs> There is a real whiff of cotton. I mean, that, yeah. I, I sort of wish I'd not read that Sunday Times piece, you know, the one that went viral on Sunday. Because yeah, yeah. that sort of sent me into like a tailspin of, yeah. not even depression, it, it's more like anger. Yeah. And, it, and like you say, if you're, if you're reading too much news, it, it, right now that can have a detrimental effect, can't it? Yeah, it can. It, it adds to anxiety. Um, uh, and it doesn't help, especially mixed with loads of booze. That's been my sort of lockdown is like reading every newspaper constantly, homeschooling my children and a ton of booze. <laughs> um, well, I mean, and again, not to make not to make light of what's going on, but because there is the, there is this voracious hunger for quality content, yeah. uh, people will be clamouring for, for trying, won't they? I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, it a, it, I, I didn't expect it to be presented in these circumstances. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hope for a global panny D. The kick in just in time. Panny D. The kick in just in time for my Apple TV show to hit. Um, uh, but look. You know, small mercies, I guess. It's um, everyone's stuck at home, uh, and hopefully, this isn't the show that finally drives people out of their homes. <laughs> Wake up, down. 
hopefully this show isn't the straw that broke the camel's back and everyone's like, you know what, oh I'm going to barbecue in the park now. Uh, let, let's hope that doesn't happen. Because uh, actually, I, no, I like it. I'm really proud of the show. Uh, Panny D or not, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really proud of it. Um, I mean, now, you know, speaking as two, as two dads, mm. I mean, I'm guessing this, from what I know of the show, this is, this is going to strike a chord with a lot of people, isn't it? Uh, you know what, it, it, it's, it's about a couple who are trying to um, conceive, uh, and then that doesn't work out, um, and then they go down the route of adoption. Now, that could be um, seen as something potentially quite esoteric adoption because although it is a thing that a, a, a percentage of the population go through not a lot yeah. of people do but I think we got, we can all um, identify with getting to a period in your life where you feel like something's missing uh, when you get into your early mid 30s and you're like okay what now um, and that might be children or work or relationships whatever it is I think we all get to a, a, a point in our life where we feel like we have to grow up um, uh, I don't know if that ever if, if that ever truly happens. Even now, I sort of feel like I'm pretending. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm pretending to be a grown up. Hundred percent. Everyone does. Uh, I think that's been happening since time immemorial. Perhaps I don't know. I've got all the trappings of adulthood, but I don't. I don't n- necessarily believe 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 my believe what I tell myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I've got three kids. I, you know, uh, I I've got life insurance. Um, and a will, and you know, it seems like I'm pretending. I, I don't know you. I found. I mean, I was single up to my up to my early thirties. Mm. I think I just thought uh, mentally I was still in my early twenties, and it was only the wife, the house, the kids, mm. and th- they're the moments where you go, "Oh, hang on a minute, I I, I am actually, I am actually I am a grown up now." Yeah, I know, and there's this thing. But even then, you know, I had, I had kids when I was 27. I had my first kid um, pretty early. Uh, so I guess I was probably arrested at that age, 27. I'll probably be 27 forever. You know that? Yeah. That's the theory that you, the, whatever age you become famous at is the age that you stay forever. Um, and I think that might be the thing with kids. I don't know. Um, but like the other day, my daughter, eight-year-old, came down. We put her to bed, came down. You know how kids do and uh, and my my wife Elise said, "Look, go back to bed. I'm going to be up in a minute anyway. And Daddy's Dad's going to watch the news because Dad likes to watch the news. Uh, and then he'll be up. And it was like, shit. Dad likes to watch the news. That's a real sort of thing that you say about your dad. Yeah, isn't it? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really struck me that someone was saying that about me to a kid. Dad likes to watch the news. Dad oh my god, the news. I am that dad who likes to watch the news. Anyway." That sort of hit home. You're, you're thinking that's the sort of thing that they would have said about Richard Bryars. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think, I think yeah. like a classic TV dad, you know. Exactly. What? I bet Dickie Bryars loved the news. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because um, that theory about... Now, I'm going to blow smoke in your direction here, so, so please yeah. en- enjoy it, and I apologise. But you, you've always seemed... You're very relatable, you're very grounded, you're incredibly likeable... So I get the impression that you are always growing as a, a, a human being, but obviously you've been in the public eye for a, for a long time. So how did you continue to to grow? How did you not let that happen to you? You know, like these people who they're famous from the age of fifteen and therefore they are fifteen forever. Yeah. Um, 
what, what, have you, what have you done differently? You know what? I've always had a, I've always had a, a, a really nice career um, uh, in terms of opportunities, uh, but but I've never I've never seen myself as famous, and I've never you know I, I, I go about with relative anonymity, and I might get a couple of people a day come up and say they've enjoyed something, but I I've never felt like inhibited by attention because I'm quite sort of under the radar in a way, which is what which is what I'm happy with. All I ever wanted was to have a great career and and not and not get recognised a lot, um, which might sound counterintuitive to some people because I think a lot of people make the mistake that you're in this for to be recognised and to be famous. And although it is nice to have people appreciate your work, after growing up with a very famous dad, I, I, I saw how um, uncomfortable that can be. So that's something I've never sought out. So I've never gone to... I, I, I set myself a rule early on that I was never going to go to any sort of event or party where I didn't know the person holding it, which excludes you, excludes you from a lot of things. Great I mean, idea. you know, I, I, I don't really get people who want to go to the opening of the Samsung 370. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of confused. It's a shit night, mate. Yeah, were you there? Yeah, wasn't it? Shit? <laughs> didn't even get a, didn't even get a free 370. Um, but, um, I've got no, I've, you know, I've, I've got no interest in that. I've got no interest in courting it um, in a way that perhaps some people do. And especially, you know, it's a way that if you've got a famous family, some people do like to capitalise on that. And then before you know it, you're sort of faced with the inelegance of being photographed falling out of the um, Groucho Club at three in the morning. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's not serious. And I take, even though I do a lot of comedy, I, I take it, I take it seriously. You know what I mean? Like this, I'm not playing at this. You know what I mean? Like the, the work's the most important thing that the work, the work isn't a side effect of, 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 of everything else. You know, um, I let it speak for itself. So I've never seen myself as, it's never been difficult to, to, to avoid the trappings because I haven't found any, you know, obviously I'm, I've, I've been lucky enough to make a nice living, but I've never felt, I've never felt famous. I think the first time I saw you in something where I, you know, possibly even said out loud, holy fuck, who is this guy? It was the Frankie Howard BBC4 drama with uh, yeah. Wallet. Mate, you in that were, you know, I mean, I've been a film fan my whole life and there's some things you might see and you think, yeah, I can see what they're doing there or I know how they've, you know, I know how they've done that. But when I saw you in that and that, you know, that's early on, I just thought, Bloody hell! This this guy's operating on a, on a, another level. Um, That's very kind. What what were you? What... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. What were your memories of that? Did you feel that that was a um, was that a springboard in any way? That that one. Do you know what? I, I've just always believed that everything you do. All you can do is make that a little bit better than the last one. So a, a long time ago, I gave up thinking, right, this is going to be the thing which is going to really put me into another league because yeah. really all you set yourself up for is disappointment because generally it doesn't happen. And I don't think you want it to. I think that people who get catapulted into like starring in a huge movie franchise straight off the bat, it's difficult. Oh. And I think, you're always, I think you're always trying to make up for that. Um, and, and people like Robert Pattinson have done that really well. Like he got really famous out of nowhere when he was like 21 or whatever. And then he spent a long time building a legitimate career. Same time with Dan, same, same thing with Daniel Radcliffe. Now other yeah. people haven't managed that as well. So I've never really seen anything as, as massively springboarding me, just, just nudging things along in terms of my memories from, from, that thing about Frankie Howard. Frankie Howard was played by David Walliams. Um, and I had to pretend to wank him off. That was a memory. Um, I had to uh, get in a bath with him. And I had to kiss him full on the lips. The holy Walliams trinity. <laughs> uh, do you know what? He actually became a lifelong friend. And I, and I, and I, uh, I love him. Uh, and I love working with him. And that was a long time ago. And we're still friends to this day. Great. It's a, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's something that someone told me that I've interviewed Eddie Miles and he's a couple of times. It wasn't. He didn't say this to me. I think he might have said it to. Has he been friends with Mickey Flanagan from back in the day? But there's a, a mantra that he's got, and it's um, extraordinary career, ordinary life. Yeah. And I think that is true of, of of Mickey Flanagan. It's true of Eddie Miles. And do, yeah. do, do you relate to that as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I you know. The, 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 yeah, you, 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 you have to keep um, grounded. You, you, like, you have to, it's important to experience the drudgery of the quotidian. Like, you, like you, you have to do the washing up. You, you, you have to empty the dishwasher. You've got to take your kids to school. You've got to do all those things that are normal. Otherwise, you're not grounded. Otherwise, you feel like you're floating all the time. Because when you get onto a film set, you know, everyone's really nice to you. People bring you tea, people pick you up. Not because you're special, just because they literally don't trust you to make tea without scalding yourself or getting <laughs> or, or getting in to, to, on time. So all these things are done for you. You, you can get somewhat infantilized. And so and so if you don't have um if you don't have kids or or or, or normal things, things that keep you grounded, it's quite easy to lose yourself, I guess. Um uh and, you know, we all know that children are the great leveler. If you, if you want to be involved in children, it ain't easy. If you want to have them and really, and really do it properly, you know, get, getting up at, in the middle of the night and changing nappies and, and holding a child's hand as it goes to sleep and, you know, putting in a 5.30 a.m. shift as they wake up, that's where the love is. 
Now that stuff's not easy, but that's where the love is. Do you know what I mean? Um, and all those things there, you're right. It is, it is the ordinary, but, but, and, and the everyday, but in no, but it, in those times is when you grow and, and where you, where, you know, where you work out who you are, because it's very easy. I think for all of us to define ourselves in our successes, you go, well, I define, I identify as a successful actor, but really that's very hollow. So you, so you need to, you need to, you need to work out, you need to work out what you are if all of your achievements are taken away. Oh, mate. You know, because really they don't matter. What matters is, is, um, is who you are in your relationship, your relationships, and as a father or a parent. Those are the things that matter. Man, I, I, I want to get that tattooed on the uh, inside of my left arm for the next time I'm losing my shit during homeschooling. But I, mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I even remember, you know, when, when, the, when the two girls were, were babies, I don't, I, you know, I'm a cheesy, emotional man, but, when I, you know, you get up in the middle of the night, but I just always thought, and again, this touches on the themes of the show because I, I know how lucky I am to, to be a dad. But I just thought, what a, what a privilege this is. Like, genuinely, when it was three o'clock in the morning and she's crying and you're feeding her, but I always just thought, I, you know, I am so lucky to have this. Can you relate to that at all? Yeah, of course I can. Of course I can. Uh, but, you know, I, I also had children very young. So, and, I, and my first two kids were 18 months apart. So that was pretty intense. But even in the intensity of it, the magic and the, the privilege, as you say, was never lost on me. Um, because actually, before you know it, it's gone. And people always say that. When you've got a one-year-old, that can seem yeah. um, just a thing that people stay. But like my youngest now is, is four. So he's probably a little, you know, person. We're through it, a human being, you know. Yeah. You know, I've been wiping asses now nine years. Um, <laughs> nine years I've been wiping other people's bums. Um, and, then I guess, and then I guess I'll get a sweet 15-year window. There's no There'll be no asses to wipe, and then I'll be wiping my parents' asses. So really, I'm in the golden period right now where there's where soon to be, I'm still wiping the four-year-old's bum occasionally. I love that call of finished coming out of nowhere. Finished. Finished. Oh, okay. Um, but now so I've got, I'm just looking forward to not wiping bums. Mm. Um, I mean, may I just say as well, you just, you seem to be someone, you know, I say this is a, a, a fan of yours, but also a fan of film and, and TV. You just seem to have the world by the tail. And from my vantage point, tell me I'm wrong. You've got this perfect balance where, you're making the independent project, you're making the TV show, you're making the blockbuster, you're, you're flying to LA. How, how do you successfully juggle that? Because I look at your IMDb profile and, mate, if I, wasn't, if I wasn't scrolling with the mouse, I'd be giving it a round of applause, you know. That's very kind. Thank you. That, um, I, mate, you know, you, I, I've, never, I've never really consciously thought about it. I've just been lucky to get the opportunities, you, you know, and I – Sure, there's luck. You have, to, you have to engineer that in a way by trying to keep your nose clean, by, by only doing things that you believe in. Um, and, then, uh, and then you get asked sometimes to do like big, huge movies, um, uh, like Jurassic Park or Men in Black or whatever, um, which are actually really fun. So it's good fun because, you know, acting is about having fun as well and entertaining people and doing things that people want to watch. Um, uh, so... It's never been something I've, I've, I've gone after. 
it just if you if I think if you go into things as any sort of creative with the best of intentions, trying to juggle that with having to provide for a family at the same time, um, if you can keep your nose clean, then I think the opportunities will come. You know, and if you, and if you pursue things without um, for the right reasons, uh, if you you know if, if it, whether that's a part that you think you can do something in or a direct like you know with the Jurassic Park thing even though that's, you know, essentially Jurassic Park 15 or whatever it was, that, that was directed by um, J.A. Bayona, who's one, who's one of the best horror directors in the world, and you know, a, a proper auteur. So I got to work with him. Um, same as Men in Black 2, uh, F. Gary Gray, he's, he's, you know, he's one of our best directors. He's fantastic. He's one of the most versatile directors in, in Hollywood history, really. Um, uh, so there's, there's something in everything you do, which is a reason to do it, not, not just um, for sort of pessimistic reasons. Are you one of these people, have you, um, you know, back in the day, did you draw out a plan or are you taking everything one gig at a time? You take, you take everything one thing at a time, but I do in a sort of airy fairy way. I do, I do, I do believe in putting things out into the universe and, and having an idea of what it is you want to do next. Um, uh, so, you know, a few years back, I thought I want to do a romantic comedy, and I sort of set my set my mind on that. And I ended up doing that film. I give it a year with Rose Byrne, the working title one. And uh, and then a few years ago, I said I should I wouldn't mind being in big Hollywood franchises. And then that happened. Even though you know, so I, you put out into the universe what it is you want, and invariably you end up striving for it, and it does materialize. So I've always, you know. I've always had in my mind the things I want to do in in terms of trying. I thought I would love to do something on television where I was able to play a version of myself and do some comedy and, and that happened. So um, I've always got half an eye on what it is I'd like to do next. How how do you know you're talking to someone who what you can't see is my vision board. So you are singing to the choir on this one. Mm. Um, So how do you, how do you put it? How do you put it out there? Do you you write this down or is it just in your mind? I just, I I just, I think of it. I talk about it. I articulate it. I talk to my agents about the sort of thing I want. And uh, whether it's through luck or, or, or magic or whatever it is, it tends to come true. I don't know why. Um, But for things to be presented to you, I think you have to imagine them first. I do believe that. Um, in that way, you can you can manipulate your own fortune. Uh, I can't talk about the exact mechanics of that because I don't really understand them. But but a big job, a big part of realizing your dreams is having them in the first place. Do you know what I mean? If you don't have Absolutely. them, if you, don't, if you don't work out what it is you want. Then you, then you, then it will never happen. Um, so I've all, I've always. I don't just float and drift. I've always. I think you've got to have a direction. You got to have a, you got to have a, a goal, you know. Simple stuff, really. I did it. What, what are you saying there? I did a session with a life coach for a for a feature. Mm. Yeah, I'm an open minded guy, but I mean, I was about 15 minutes into it, I was like sobbing my eyes out, just like everything that you're talking about there, because you know it's probably in there, and it, but you've actually got to pull it out of yourself sometimes, haven't you, in terms of what it is you actually want. Well, that's what life coaches do, isn't it? Is work out what it is you want, especially if you're someone who's capable of a few things. Uh, they help you realize the one thing that you really want to do. But yeah, you know, it's it's not easy. Working out what you want is not easy. It's not it's not it's not an easy thing, and it's an actual gift and a blessing if you're someone who is, who is born with a clear ambition. Because a lot of people aren't. Um, I always knew early on what I wanted to do, 
and that that was I, I was very lucky to have that. A lot of people don't have that 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 sort of gift. Um, but I think we all have a duty to work out what that is. Otherwise, you drift, um, and drifting makes you unhappy. I think we all got to realize, work out that in life there's a target, and we are an arrow moving towards it. You got to work out what that target is, and, and how best to straighten your arrow to hit it. You know. But that's through discipline. I think. I think discipline is extremely important. Oh God, yes. Was there was there ever a? Um, I know you've been very generous with your time, so I won't take the piss. But was there ever a time where you thought, maybe not rebels, probably not the right term, but where you thought, I'm actually, I'm actually determined to not follow in uh, the acting footsteps. Was there a time where you thought you might do something else? No, never, never, never. There was never a time where where I. Um, uh, either contemplated or had any opportunity to do anything else. Um, acting is the only thing I'm able to do in exchange for cash. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't have any other skills to exchange for that. So, so really if this didn't work out, I don't know what I would have done, but I've always had massive drive. And I think if you have, if you have the drive to get, I've always if gone up, that the only way that was going to get me there was really through discipline because I do believe that discipline sets you free and without discipline you, you, won't, you won't get there you, you, whatever you want to do you have to be unbelievably disciplined about it in order to get there uh, j- just before we go is there anything you can share about the, uh, the, the Salisbury poisonings has that, has that started yet and I know no, obviously no shit I just remembered I, I owe them a bit of ADR on that I, I uh, um, no, it, it, it was going to be on recently, um, but I think the BBC decided that, that maybe the public don't want to see that at the moment. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Novichok isn't really on everyone's menu. Um, so, so I think they're going to delay that. <laughs> I think once everyone's got their head around the COVID, we can put the Novichok back on everyone. Um. <laughs> So that's something to look forward to, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I'm proud of it. It's a good, it's a good show. Saul did great director. Anne Marie Darth, interesting story. Let, let's, let's. I can't thank you enough. Bless you. You're such a, a towering talent. So I look forward to uh, everything that's coming up next. Very thank kind. you. Thank you so much, mate. All right. All the best. Thank you. Cheers. Bless you. Take care. Huge and heartfelt thanks to the great Rafe Spall and to the people who made it happen. That. Uh, on a personal selfish level uh that was a real thrill to have Rafe on someone I've admired uh a great deal and it was nice to be able to tell him in, in less creepy circumstances I'll be honest with you when I would approach him about Pete versus life he must have thought I was a stalker so it was nice <laughs> in a, no- a more normal setting to tell someone uh, how much I admire him uh, as ever you are doing us a huge favor when you share our podcast it really helps Five-star reviews, if you have a bit of spare time. That felt passive-aggressive, didn't it? You run a lockdown, guys. You've got to spend... I'm not saying that. If you, As someone who's homeschooling, I know that we don't have spare time. But if you do, uh, a five-star review, a little positive write-up, really helps the Balance podcast. Uh, I'd be extremely grateful. If you want to work with Balance, sales at balance.podcast. We are returning to print form, obviously, because we're a commuter title, it's not been possible to to print. We are returning to print. So there's even more reason to get in touch with uh, the sales team. Sales at balance.media. And then to drop me a line, I am podcast at balance.media. 
Uh, he, oh, by the way, I think I will probably sh- we will probably share the video of me spraying my wall with tea because <laughs> he really got me with that. Uh, so we're across the socials at Balance LDN, and I'm at James Gill Comedy. Also, I know some of you have been coming to the comedy night that I run. Shameless self plug, but at Always Be Comedy, uh, we're doing live online shows every Wednesday, and the lineups have been. In Cryobler. Sorry, that's full partridge at the end there. Anyway, take care. Thank you. Means a lot. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.